Welcome to May I Hold Your Hand. I'm Nurse Tosh and I'm going to take great care of you today. Safe space is where we can have open and honest conversations about some of the challenges of motherhood. While becoming a parent can be exhilarating, awe-inspiring, joyful, and healing, there are also times where you may say to yourself, why didn't anyone tell me about this part? It's my goal to nurture an environment that encourages vulnerability, where we can all feel safe as we give voice to every aspect of our journey with the goal of presenting a more realistic and dynamic view of motherhood. I hope you enjoyed listening to these candid conversations as much as we enjoyed having them. Be forewarned that some of these topics may be triggering and may contain adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Are you still there? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to say, I saw your lips moving, but I didn't hear any sound and I like to make sure all my tech is right. So <laughs> uh, welcome to May I Hold Your Hand. This is Safe Space. And I'm here with Lindsay this morning and we're going to be talking about fertility. Um, thank you, Lindsay, so much for being open to come and share your journey and your story. Um, the talk, like I told you before, won't be super structured. I like to provide the space for people to feel safe to share whatever it is you would like to share and then ask a few questions where it feels appropriate. So um, I am a nurse. I'm an OB nurse for the last 20 years for anybody who's just now tuning into my channel or on my podcast. And this is May I Hold Your Hand. Um, So Lindsay, if you want to tell a little bit about yourself and then we can get into your journey. Awesome. Thanks for inviting me. Um, I am a mom of three girls, so I have been down this motherhood journey for a while. I have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old who just turned 13 months, uh, and I live in the St. Louis area. Okay. Yeah. You got you got a lot of estrogen in your house. I know your, yeah. your yeah. partner, husband is probably like, Hey, <laughs> he's used to us now. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, tell me what your fertility journey looked like. Three babies, um, different ages. You probably had lots of different experiences with the three of them. Yeah. So it was interesting. Like never something I, a journey I would have expected to be on, but I guess most moms probably don't expect to be on a fertility journey. Um, also coming from a family where I think half the people in my family were unexpected pregnancies. I definitely did not think that it was going to be something that I would experience. Not to mention, I feel like you grow up and you just hear like, don't get pregnant before you're married. And so you spend all of your youth trying not to get pregnant. Um, and then my husband and I did quote unquote, the right way, you know, we got married and we had our degrees, we even had our master's degrees, and then we finally were like, okay, we're ready to start a family, um, and that did not come as easy as we had thought, um, and so after probably about a year or so of trying, um, finally went to the doctor, and then probably been down the whole gamut of things, started with medication, and then that didn't work, and then did, saw a fertility doctor, and did um, IUIs, and 
that didn't work out for a couple rounds. And so then we decided to move to IVF. Um, and so all of that, especially given that it has to work with your cycle, it's not like, oh, this week didn't work. Let me just try next week. Um, as well as like the financial and the emotional piece of it, all in all, it um, took, I don't know, probably from start to birth, like four years of a journey for our first baby. So when you think about some people who are like, oh yeah, like, you know, just got pregnant, not to even mention like my husband is the oldest and we were just kind of expecting to have the first grandchild and then also dealing with everybody else in the family, having kids and the constant, when are you having kids? What, like, what are y'all doing? Y'all been married forever. And so like working through all of those conversations over the years. Um, so then, uh, yeah, so couple failed IUIs, um, one failed IVF, and then we did it again. We were thankful that we had multiple embryos. So we were able to try again um, for our second daughter. Um, and I told people they were just so darn cute and I'm just crazy enough to want a third and to be willing to do it all over again. Um, so we were out of embryos, but I still wanted another baby. So we did a whole round of IVF again and got our beautiful third daughter. Um, so all in all, I think I was telling someone recently, probably for the last 10 years, I have either been trying to have a baby, pregnant with a baby or nursing a baby with the exception of maybe like mm, a total of a year, year and a half in there somewhere. So it's been quite a journey, but they're all blessings and I'm very grateful for them. Of course. So um, during your journey, I know <clears throat> the cost part has gotten a little bit better recently. Did you notice any relief at any point? Because you said, I mean, over the course of a decade, that's a lot of time that goes between. So did you notice any uh, any uh, improvements in that part of it? Um, well, it's been very interesting over all of that time. Uh, because why not make life more challenging? I have been employed at different companies and my husband's been employed at different companies throughout the different um, parts of this journey. So the first company, when I, we started our IVF journey, did not cover any type of fertility um, treatment. And so um, we had to pay fully out of pocket and um, we ended up financing it. And it's just like a really weird concept. Like everyone's fine, like financing a car or a house. It's kind of weird when you think about financing a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but also most people don't just have like thousands of dollars to drop. Um, and so thankfully we were blessed enough to be able to like um, do it finance it, paid, paid it off before she was born. Um, but it was a lot to be able to cover all of those expenses. Um, we have, I had an HSA health savings account that helped a little bit to have those pre-tax dollars and, um, and benefits to help cover it. Um, and then thankfully we, one of the good things about financing it is it was like a package deal, which is also kind of weird. You have to gamble on yourself to say what's, going to work or how many tries are you going to go and so we ended up getting a package that covered two cycles and so because it didn't work the first time we um weren't completely out of money and didn't have to finance it all over again um so so we did it that way the first time the second time thankfully since we had frozen embryos it didn't cost as much so it was still a few thousand dollars Mm -hmm. um which we were able to use our health savings account to help cover that And then uh, because 
my husband works in the state of Illinois and Illinois has different laws around um, insurance companies supporting it. We were able to switch to his insurance to help cover it. So the downside is his insurance was more expensive. Um, So we kind of had to do a lot of the math to figure out, you know, is it cheaper to pay out of pocket or, or to just pay the increased insurance price and then what's covered. And then it's also the way the insurance rates it is there's like a maximum lifetime expense that will be covered for fertility. So again, you have to kind of gamble on if it doesn't work, you know, you're out, you're out, out of that chance and you're going to have to pay out of pocket the next time. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was definitely more affordable the second time we did the full IVF cycle because we were able to switch insurances. Okay. At any point before the start of your journey, did you ever feel like this might be a part of your story? Um, before, absolutely not. I, I definitely never considered having to go through fertility. I, I don't even think I, I guess I knew not at a young age, but like ab- after college, as I got older, like I knew a couple women who had struggled a little bit with fertility, but not anyone. I don't think I knew a single person that had done IVF. I don't even know if I knew what IVF was before I had to to start this journey. So it was nothing that crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. I asked that because I know that some uh, women <clears throat> and even young young women will say, I don't know if I could have kids or I don't because of their regular periods or, you know, if they have trouble with fibroids or Uh things like that sometimes can be kind of an indication. Uh So I imagine that was really flooring for you to be like, everything's been doing. Yeah. For me, I mean, part of it was like, I was young and healthy. Um, I had never had any issues. I had also been on birth control for a long time, which helped regulate my cycle. So I say part of it was like, I didn't necessarily remember what my natural cycle was. I just had been on birth control for so long that the medication was telling my body what to do every month. And so it was like clockwork. So then when I finally got off birth control, when we were ready to have kids, it was, um, it was, interesting to figure out like what my body's natural rhythm was again. Um, and even before I start, started birth control, when I was just like younger, like I had a very natural cycle. Um, and so it was pretty much like clockwork. Everything was fine. So I never had any issues there. Um, and then, you know, a lot of times people don't talk about male fertility challenges um, mm-hmm. because those especially are harder to see like for women if you don't have a cycle or if it's delayed or if it's short or, you know, whatever your challenges are, like that's oftentimes something that you can feel experience. There's some reason to go see a doctor. There's rarely, unless there's like an actual surgery or injury, like rarely is there anything that would indicate a a challenge for male fertility problems. And so that was part of our story as well. Like once we finally start having challenges, having my husband tested and then I went through tests and he went through tests and it was kind of like a combination of both of us. But um, that's something that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about either, or you would never even think was a problem. Mm -hmm. And so um, after going through that process, what are the feelings? What's happening in your body? What's happening in your mind, in your heart? Oh my gosh. (laughs) There's a lot. I mean, just about every imaginable imaginable emotion 
not to mention working full time while doing all of this, scheduling doctor's appointments, paying all the medical bills. Um, you know, you're trying to live a quote unquote normal life, but while also carrying this huge burden. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like there were, you know, days where you got to go to work and you're miserable because you just found out that you, you know, your blood work came back and you had a failed, or you just did like went to the lab or got an ultrasound and whatever Mm -hmm. the situation is, or, um, you're on this medication. Oh my gosh. One of the medications I was on, I had horrible night sweats, like just drenched in sweat. And so like your body is just going through a lot and you're supposed to just like get up and go to work and everything's a okay. And then you're pissed at your husband because you're like, I'm going through all this and I had to give myself four shots today. And you end up like golf and I hate you. Um, and so there's a lot of that. And then there's you know, one more person asked me when I'm having a baby, I'm gonna punch him in the face and all this. I had to go to this other baby shower and I'm sad I don't have a baby and they're all having on their second kit. And so there's just like literally every emotion. Mother's Day is hard. Holidays are hard and you got to go put on a smile, but you've got this like burden inside of you. Um, but it was also kind of sweet for like the few of my friends and family members who knew, like they would check in on me and, um, you know, send me special love. Um, but it was really lonely. Cause like I said, I, I didn't know any other person that had been through that. And so it was very hard to, to kind of like manage all of those feelings on my own. Mm-hmm. And what about your husband? I mean, I you can't speak for him, obviously, but did he ever express that he had some place to land and that people were checking on him too? Because I imagine that was difficult for you both. You know, he's not really an emotional kind of guy, and so like occasionally, like I would check in with him, like how he's doing, but he's very much like a sure, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he's definitely more of a, like, it is what it is. Let's move on to the next kind of guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I know you said you guys have been trying for about a year. And once you hit that year mark, had you already been having conversations with your provider about what next steps look like? Or like, how did you know it was time to uh, get some different sort of intervention? Yeah, I can't remember what exactly it looked like. I think like maybe at one point when I knew I was going to go off birth control, I maybe talked to my doctor, like how long would I might expect for it to take? And so I had that conversation and I, excuse me, I want to say she said maybe like three to six months is kind of like average. And so I kind of had that time frame in mind. And, mm-hmm. and then when it had pushed beyond that, um, I started thinking like, okay, well maybe there is something that I should talk to the doctor about. Um, I can't remember at what point I started. I bought like ovulation tests um, to see like if that would help. Uh, maybe after I saw the doctor, maybe that was one of her recommendations to even track just, you know, so I could start doing some just like at home tracking to help. Um, but also I'm kind of like, once I have a plan, like I want my plan to be my plan. <laughs> and, so, and so I like, was trying to patiently, like I had one point I told myself, like if after a year it hasn't worked, I don't think I made it a whole year. I probably made it like nine months and then called to make a doctor's appointment. But I think just because of that initial conversation I had with my doctor and I knew it had been past that, like three to six months, Mm -hmm. that maybe it was worth having a conversation again. 
Mm -hmm. Good for you. And was your provider somebody that you had been seeing? Like, had you guys already had a relationship before you came into the OB space of it? Um, I want to say no. I think I originally just had a nurse practitioner or had a like PCP primary care position mm -hmm. um, for a number of years. Um, especially because like I was on birth control. And so you have to have that annual visit to get your prescription renewed. And then once I knew that I wanted to start having kids, then I did get an OB. Um, so I, I maybe had been seeing her for a year or something before I officially started trying. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had somewhat of a relationship. It wasn't like my first appointment. I don't think was like, I'm having troubles with getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned like the community, the village asking, you know, as soon as you get pregnant, I feel, I mean, as soon as you get married, I feel like people start getting antsy about when is, when is the baby coming? Yeah. Um, did you and your husband end up having to share more than you wanted to, or did you um, create firm boundaries around being asked? Well, I'll just say, I don't know that there's a firm boundary for anything with his family, but that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> story. Um, I think probably one day, it probably didn't go as well as it could have but I think one day I finally just snapped on one of his cousins I, it was like after the fact I was like please I like text her afterwards I was like please stop asking me this is a situation like I really don't appreciate you asking me like every time I see you and then of course she felt really bad because she didn't know and so um and as you know not something that a lot of people would know right um, but I think it's you know one of the things that I can appreciate about this journey as is it has made me a lot more aware mm -hmm. of the conversation in society. And so I try to be mindful when asking people or talking to women, like one, if I do ask, like if you're close enough friends, like I try to be general, like, Oh, like, do you want to have kids? Like first let's start there. Not assuming everyone wants to have kids mm -hmm. and then maybe leave it open. Like, Oh, like, do you know, like, when would you like to? And then if they give me some, like, whatever their answer, no matter how generic, I leave it there yeah. for them to tell me more or not to tell me more. Because one of the things that I used to hate and part of it is just women, like, we like to, we like details. But then, like, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, like, do you and I want kids? Like, yeah, we want kids. Well, are you trying? Well, are you still on birth control? Well, how, like, how? And I'm like, Jesus, like, do we need a hundred questions? Like, do you want me to tell you like the date of my last cycle? Um, and so I last had sex, right? I mean, people, and there were probably like, I wouldn't put it past the fact that somebody maybe asked that question. And so like, I try to be more <laughs> mindful of, uh, and then you also like get the comment, especially from men, like, you know, Oh, do you just, knew you were having a baby or like because you know I made her her toes curl and I knew it was a boy and I'm gonna be like well I went into late on a bed and I got turkey basted so that's how we had a baby um and so it's just understanding sometimes I also just like to make people feel awkward and I tell people that I bought my baby and then they look at me weird and I'm like yeah I bought her she was expensive you're like rest in it here we are you asked. Um, so I don't know where your original question was. I apologize. <laughs> I guess, but. 
<laughs> oh, my community. Yeah. So there was there was a lot of but also it kind of made it a little more special, like especially I remember like some of my friends, like when they finally found out we were having a baby, like they lost their mind and like some of my friends cried and like my mom was hysterical. And so it was cool that they had kind of been going down this journey with me and um, <clears throat> got to see their joy in it as well. Yeah, I think, um, and you and I spoke about this before we started recording, I think it's a delicate balance between wanting to maintain a privacy, not necessarily secret secrecy, but wanting to maintain privacy, but also um, being vulnerable and allowing people to support you and whatever mm-hmm. your challenge may be, because a lot of times we'll hold on so tight to the very thing that will allow people to connect with us and support us in ways that we need. Mm-hmm. but it's difficult, you know, and you kind of deal with all of the, like, you know, we heard the same thing too, growing up, like don't have sex, don't get pregnant until this point. And then like, you just supposed to be out here just knowing what to do and your body is just supposed to know what to do. And, you know, yeah. so it doesn't necessarily create an environment where you can share and openly say, this is my journey. This is what's happening. Um, and unfortunately, it does come out in a blow up sometimes. I know I remember uh, my mother asking me about, you know, like, are you dating? And well, you, I want some grandbabies. And now most of it for me, I'm like, okay, you're coming to terms with your own mortality, but that can't be my problem. You uh-huh. know? Um, and I remember telling her like, mom, no one's more aware than me that I wake up a day older and I still don't have children. <laughs> like, like, I got it. Thanks for reminding me. Right? <laughs> you know, but it did take me like having a serious conversation with her. Like, mom, please stop asking me about this because it is very painful if that is your desire. And I know for me, I wanted nothing more than to be a mother. Um, and so with each passing year, you know, and I'm in OB and once you hit 35, your fertility drops off a cliff and you know, all of these facts and statistics that are thrown, shoved down women's throats every Mm -hmm. day. Yeah. Um, It can be really difficult. And then too, another thing that I noticed just in my own um, journey to motherhood, but my singleness and womanhood, that uh, womanhood and motherhood are very closely intertwined. And um, we start to question our our own, like, how much of, of, of a woman am I if I'm not a mother, you know, or I did. And mm-hmm. I started to really think about those things um, the longer that it took me <laughs> to to be partnered and become a mother. So um, I think those are interesting kind of nuances that come into the story that when people are asking you, you don't even think about yourself until you're already like in the middle yeah. of the struggle, the challenge. I think the other thing that kind of came up too for me was I was kind of like come hell or high water. I'm having a baby Mm -hmm. and like, I'm a very determined person. And so, um, and I think it's also maybe set me up for motherhood to be open-minded to what it looked like. So I was like, I'm going to have a baby. I would love to carry my own baby, but if that is not in the cards, like what are the other options? but I'm going to have a baby. Like I'm going to be a mom one way or the other. It's just figuring out how to get there. And so I was open to other avenues 
Um, so I kind of wanted to exhaust all of my options first, which is how I got to IVF. I know some people aren't a fan of IVF and that's not for them. And so they would rather go through adoption. Um, and Lord, after the hundreds of shots I've had to give myself, I a hundred percent in the financial piece of it, I understand that burden, but, um, but similar for like, even when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I remember talking to one of my friends, I wanted to do an unmedicated delivery and her mm -hmm. advice was, um, which I cherish and I share with so many of my friends, she said, be, have an open mind because, and my OB said the same, like the end goal is for you and your baby to be healthy at the end. So yes, this is your plan, but at the end of the day, we need you and your baby to be healthy and alive at the end. And so I really, and she said, don't be so held and hell bent on your natural birth delivery plan that you miss the moment. Mm. and you and or you're like upset at the end she was like you you don't want to be like disappointed after having a baby um and so that was something for me I was like I had a plan but like I'm open to it changing and so the same thing kind of for my fertility journey like I have a plan it didn't look that way let's come up with an alternate plan and let's see how we can still get to the end result mm -hmm. <sighs> Thank you. That's a message in itself, right? Like <laughs> have a plan, but be flexible because you have no idea what twists and turns life, mm -hmm. motherhood right. will take you. Um, so I like to ask people towards the end, I know you have to go soon. Um, had I known then what I know now, finish the sentence. Oh, um, maybe had I known then that so many women have fertility struggles, it would have been a lot less depressing journey. So mm -hmm. I, part of the reason I was so willing to raise my hand when you, you know, had questions or wanted to seek out someone for this conversation is because I was doing this journey alone for so long, for like years, I found a, um, a blog post at the time that was for women who were struggling. And it was just like, God sent because I was like, this is my community. This is my space. Like I didn't have that. And I didn't have anyone. And now it was so funny, like, well, not really funny, but it was interesting. A few years ago, I happened to go out um, for drinks with a couple women um there were maybe three or four of us all of us had had fertility treatment and so like it wasn't necessarily something that we all knew but like one person she um had her first baby and then had secondary infertility and so she did um IVF and ended up with twins and then another person had multiple miscarriages and had to do IVFs because they had to do um um genetic testing and so and then myself and so like it was like so many people had stories and then like I was at a, a a barbecue once and then like a whole bunch of women were sharing like half of the women were like, we had a miscarriage and half were like, we had fertility. And, and so, and I think it really gave comfort to one of our friends who had been trying um, since she got married and like, she was a little sad. And so it helped her know that we had all had these different experiences. And so I want to let other women know, like, you're not alone. Like, obviously it's not everyone's story. Um, and more often than not though, there's some kind of story with most women's. I mean, the older I get, the more I feel like very few people have like a standard, I got married, 
and I planned for baby. And then two months later, I got pregnant. And then I had a second baby that was planned and everything was like easy peasy, perfect. Like Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of those stories out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a long way of saying, like, I just wish that I would have known all of the various fertility and pregnancy journeys that exist out there and even exist within my own community of friends and family um, where I could have leaned on for some more support. Mm -hmm. I also feel like um, because of like people just being so tight-lipped about different challenges that you don't find out that people right next to you experience the same thing you did until you open up and say it. And they're like, it's like hashtag me too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, I, yeah, I went through the same thing. I find that to be true with pregnancy loss. Um, so people won't talk about miscarriage a lot, especially if it's early on and nobody knew, you know, that you mm-hmm. were even pregnant, um, but also postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. I talk about it until way after the fact, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I think so much of it is, you know, not trying to blame society, but I think a lot of it is the pressure society puts on women that we're supposed to like be like the men and we're just supposed to push on and and not worry about it. I mean, um, I was on a call once in a recent, like in the last maybe couple of years and one of the women, you know, we do a check-in at the beginning of each call and she was like, I'm just, I'll be honest. Like I just had a miscarriage and I'm, you know, really struggling. And, and she was like, I know not a lot of people, you know, would share that, but I just want to normalize it. And I was like, that is kudos to you because I mean, the number of women who like have a miscarriage, you know, go to the doctor, come back, do a conference call later and like keep pushing, um, you know, while carrying that, um, is a lot. I mean, even for me, my first pregnancy, I was supposed to be going into a meeting and then I was spotting and I had to go to the doctor. And then I just had to like tell my boss, like, Hey, sorry, like I'm going to miss this meeting. But I got to go to the doctor and then we come back and, you know, you just, you know, try to fit it all into your work day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that doesn't help the normalization of it. I mean, even how we can't even get, don't get me started, unpaid maternity leave in this country. You're just supposed mm-hmm. to like literally rearrange your organs and push out a human, have a major surgery, and then like, you know, go back to work. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. So. That's another topic that will be added to the list. So if you want to come back, we could talk about that. I think too, and I, um, like I said, uh, infertility wasn't a part of my journey, but I was wondering about like, even within fertility spaces, if there's a lot of shame for moms or not necessarily maybe shame, but I feel like there may not be a lot of room for mothers to discuss true struggles in motherhood, like on the other side. Because there's so many women who are like, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Um, but after you get it, you feel like, yeah, like it's, there are still very tough moments about it. And just because I wanted it so bad doesn't mean that it's about to be shiny and happy all the time for me. Um, and that's something that I, I hope that is not really a true thing, but I feel like it. it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely some of the pressure, I mean, just from society in general, like to hear whether the, there was fertility struggles or not, like people, women, you hear women complaining about how they're tired or stressed or their kids are driving them crazy. And it's like, well, you wanted to have this baby. And it's like, okay, well, you wanted a job and you still got mad at the people you work with. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have a job. It just means it's frustrating and you got to figure it out. And so I definitely look at my kids and I, and they are 
you know, I, a true blessing, especially all that I had to go through. And they also drive me insane, completely insane, but they're so damn cute. And that's why I have three of them and I love them to pieces. Um, and they also make me lose my mind every day. Mm-hmm. So last question, is there something that you wish, um, in addition to what we already kind of talked about, that you wish people would say more, would would talk about more within the realm of fertility journeys, just to normalize it? Hmm. The first few things that come to mind are maybe the, are actually what I wish people would not say. Okay. Um, when experiencing it, for, and I know people say it because they want to be helpful and supportive, but like when people would say like, oh, it'll happen, mm-hmm. maybe it won't happen. And I have to be okay with that. So you just saying, oh, it'll happen. Oh, just be patient. That was not helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since for us, it was more than just like, you know, wait another cycle. Like we we had to see other medical interventions. So, oh, it'll happen was not helpful as well as, you know, maybe it's just not in God's will, you know, people who are opposed to the IVF um, and feeling like it's too sciencey or, you know, like maybe it's just not meant for you. And my stance on that is like, okay, if you got cancer, is it just like, you're not going to do chemo because it's just in God's will and that's just your plan. Or like, if you have any type of other medical condition, you would seek medical intervention to help overcome that challenge in my opinion, fertility issues are no different. It is a medical challenge. There are, there are ethical and healthy and safe medical interventions that can overcome it. So why wouldn't someone seek those avenues? Um, so those are two things that I wish people would stop saying. Mm-hmm. Those, those are really good points because even with that, that made me think about some of the stigma. I don't even know why we do this to ourselves. Like you play stigma on needing or getting, receiving, asking for help. And Mm -hmm. um, I think about mental health, you know, how there's stigma on that. And I'm always like, um, you get routine, like maintenance on your vehicle, right? You know what I'm saying? Like if your car were to stop running, you wouldn't say it's God's will. (laughs) You get checked out, right? Um, You go and your car doesn't even have to be doing anything and you go replace the oil because that's what it needs to function. appropriately and Mm -hmm. you know so I I really do wish that we would take that mindset of these are just other avenues and resources to help us you know Mm -hmm. to help us along our journey well Lindsay thank you so much (laughs) for your time Um, I really enjoyed our talk and hope to hear more from you soon yes absolutely well thank you so much for having me this was a great chat thank you for letting me share my story of course. Thank you for sharing. And uh, like I said, we'll we'll talk soon. And thanks everybody for joining us. <laughs> yes. Bye.